0: Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss in our daily lives. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I felt like I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, waiting, begging, you name it. Plus, I tried a few less productive approaches. And after two decades of continuing to grieve, it occurred to me that maybe I'd set the wrong goal. Instead of trying to feel better by filling those painful voids, I've learned that building a life around them is a much more attainable target. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like and helping others to do the same so we don't have to keep it all to ourselves. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of us be here, we may just feel more human and less like robots on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with the hope that sharing our stories in a mutually compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from ourselves and others and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path podcast. Today I'm chatting about a post that I shared over the weekend, uh, November 20th, 22, and we're talking about the word selfish. So the name of the post is called, Lose This Word From Your Vocabulary Today! Exclamation point. The word I'm talking about is Selfish. If I had a dollar for every time I heard someone, especially a woman, say to me, I don't want to be selfish, I would be free of financial consideration for the rest of my life. (laughs) Here are some common conversations that arise in coaching. So if you know you need more sleep, this is me talking, let's get you going to bed earlier. (laughs) Or if that situation requires you to drink alcohol while you're there, does it really make sense to go? Or, this is me again, what kindness have you done for yourself today, question mark? I consistently hear this word to justify why the needs of others are more important than the needs of the person I'm speaking to. So let's first look at the word. Merriam-Webster defines this word selfish as, and there's a link to this in the post, number one, concerned excessively or exclusively with oneself. Seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well being without regard for others, period. The second part arising from concern with one's own welfare or advantage in disregard of others. So the word itself has two major components. The first is an increased focus on self concern and pleasure, and the second is that this self concern is pursued. As a priority even if we need to ignore those around us. A person is selfish if he or she is elevating his or her own needs such that they necessarily demote the needs of others. Notice the words excessively, exclusively with oneself, without regard for others, and in disregard of others when we look at this definition. So returning to a couple of our conversations, they might look something like me. If you need more sleep, start going to bed earlier. Other, quote, I don't want to be selfish, period, unquote. Me, if you have to be drunk to get through an event, don't go. Other, quote, I can't say no. It would be selfish, period. Me, what kind thing have you done for yourself today, question mark? Other. I don't do things for myself. I don't want to be selfish, period. Hopefully, you are already getting as sick of reading this word as I am of hearing it. But let's drive the point home here. Even if self-care includes some component of prioritizing one's own needs above the needs of others, it shouldn't be described as selfishness. Self-preservation, maybe. But the idea... That we should be last on our own lists is antiquated, and it's a guaranteed recipe for failure, not to mention depression and anxiety. There are endless ways to illustrate this point, but to keep it simple, just think of the last time you flew on an airplane. The instructions in case of emergency are always and only every time to secure our own masks before helping someone else. So my first note on this word is that I don't believe selfishness and self-preservation are the same. If I put my oxygen mask on first, it is with the intention of making sure that I can respond not only to my own needs, but to the needs of others. I can't do much if I'm dead. Alternatively, though, I often hear this even when it's not our oxygen that's at stake. If I'm working with someone to improve sleep hygiene, to get better rest, and more rest, (laughs) and their core belief is that sleep is a luxury not afforded to them, it's hard to move the dial in the right direction. So we have to challenge this word selfish by testing our beliefs against the definition. Taking the sleep example, when someone indicates they can't rest more because it is selfish, We start breaking down that myth by asking questions. Take the first example we talked about with sleep. Me, if you need more sleep, start going to bed earlier. I can't. I don't want to be selfish. Me, is your going to sleep something that is excessively and exclusively prioritized among the needs of others? Other. No. Me. Is your need for sleep something you pursue without regard for others? Question mark. Other. No. Me. Then you must be pursuing rest in complete disregard of others. Question mark. Other. No. Me. Then in what way exactly is fueling your body with the rest that it needs? Selfish. The definition just doesn't fit. So I can go through dozens of these examples and conversations, but for today, just take a deep breath. And as you inhale, feel the air going into your lungs and be reminded that breathing is required for life. And as you exhale, create compassion for the part of you. That believes you are less than worthy of meeting your own basic needs than you are of meeting the needs of others. And ask yourself is breathing selfish? And then check it against the definition if there's any myths, if there are any myths that need to be debunked. Eventually, and after as many questions are asked as needed, the client I'm coaching has to admit to the fact that there's nothing selfish about breathing. And there's nothing selfish about aspiring to live as the best versions of ourselves that we can. It serves the world much more effectively for us to be present in our lives than it does for us to play small so we can make others big. The way we best serve ourselves and others is to pay attention to our own emotional, physical, mental, and energetic needs and then go about the business of meeting them. In doing so, we evolve to show up in all the places that matter to us, and even in some places that don't, and there's nothing selfish about that. In the next post, we'll discuss how this new non-selfish status can be applied in our experience of grieving. Until then, please share your thoughts in the comments section below. I'd love to hear more from you around this word selfish and see if there are any other words that we can dump. Let's stop the justification of ignoring ourselves and putting ourselves last. The word and the action, they're both expired. So thank you for joining this episode of the Healing Path podcast. And I'm actually surprised that I haven't tackled this uh, content earlier, but it's a big one. I hope it lands, especially this week when we're in, you know, Thanksgiving mode and we're hopefully thinking about gratitude all the time, but just in case it's a once a year thing for you, it's this week. <laughs> so um, we need to really, I think, focus on the gratitude that we have for our ability to care for ourselves and the way that we really honor that is to do it. So yeah, we want to avoid words like selfish and just going into our you know, most basic needs. Again, once we crack the code of this idea that Somehow, others are more worthy, and I'm even talking about like our kids you know putting their needs first, putting their needs first, and this is something that you know when they're born, they're newborns, they're toddlers, they're dependent, they need that I mean that's part of the deal, right where parents the kid comes first or whatever they may need, if one person has to go without a meal, it's not going to be the kid you know we're looking out for them when they can't look out for themselves. But when we're adults and we're you know more mature and have a little bit more wisdom, the idea that I should hold my human instinct to have to use the bathroom um, for a car ride, let's say, or um, through a meal because I don't want to disrupt the conversation, or through you know a business meeting or something like that—it's—it's it's for me because I have a son that still needs a lot of support. The idea that my needs can be met before his is actually still um, a myth. It's really still his uh, physical needs are really still of higher importance in a sense, because he can't support himself, he can't feed himself, he can't sustain life on his own. So it's taken me even longer to figure out that I shouldn't be trying to not hold back just on the physical nature of what my needs are but all of my needs and so it's sort of an um been a little bit of an inverse relationship between trying to figure out how to back off on some of the things that Zach actually does not need anymore and really identifying what you know how to best take care of myself how to be, how to be the best version of myself Um, even though in my particular situation, I do have someone depending on me for their life and their activities of daily living. And many of us, um, have that, right? We have parents, we have siblings, we have partners that need extra help. In my case, you know, it's my son who's 23, but in any event, it's just good to know that we really have to get back to this idea of, it's not a luxury to take care of ourselves. It's a requirement, And once we get that and once we start moving in the direction of doing things in support of our own needs and meeting them instead of um, moving away from them, whether it's through a drink or through food or, you know, whatever it might be, then we can really start to see who we are when we have our needs met, which is when we shine the most, when we get to be the most of who we are and when the world and those around us most benefit from that authenticity and that organic growth. So that's what we want to shoot for. In our next post, we're going to take a look at, you know, what this concept of self-care versus being selfish um, can mean in our recovery and in processing our grief and after loss um, experiences. So what we want to do is find out if we can pull this lever of taking care of ourselves in general, um, how can that be used to further along the integration of our grief and our daily lives. If we figure that out, we'll be in good shape. So in the meantime, let's stay present, let's stay grateful, and let's stay healing. And as always, I thank you so much for listening.